Hi, and welcome back to another episode of It's About You. I am your co-host, Alejandra. Uh, I want to start by saying that I am still settled in Teotiaque, and uh, yesterday I found out that it's also known as Muniyang. Uh, it is an unceded indigenous land, and on that note, I want to say if you are the government listening to this or whoever the fuck you've ought to give the land back all you have to do is go to your printer go to your computer print that paperwork that you've been putting aside sign it give it a little kiss and then just acknowledge that all the you are uh, ending is drunk people hunting so in the end you will be on the right side of things because oh my gosh imagine get on getting all that rep and all that credit all for yourself yummy yummy be selfish give the land back the overall theme i want to go for in this episode is me being tired of censoring myself i usually feel like um very much i'm code switching um when i'm around privileged people i want to be that lovable <laughs> that lovable social justice warrior um to the point where i have been told hey like at least you make it digestible but honestly me being so careful me using those correct words it's the only people that i'm helping are the people that are holding privilege because it makes it digestible for them and i am tired of preaching to myself yes make them uncomfortable discomfort is what ends this and then turning around (laughs) and then kissing them on their little cheeks and being like it's okay it's not your fault i am here for you baby girl and i can't do that anymore um i do hope they feel uncomfortable that is the whole point i hope that i start making people uncomfortable and that I make passive jokes more into aggressive jokes and push white people towards being more tolerable human beings. I feel like this is when I have to say my, uh, well, if this aggravates you, I will, will let you know that some of my closest friends are white, so I can say this. Um... <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, I truly believe I'm the funniest person um, in this podcast, um, in this episode right now. So, um, yeah, just I have to stop bending over backwards. And um, I want to start being just an uncomfortable person to be around. <laughs> um, it It is also just embarrassing, the fact that I'm doing this um, in this climate, in this state of affairs. I am the one suffering and making myself comfortable just to be like hey by the way babes that thing you said not so cool um please ooh, ooh. <laughs> it pisses me off and then i feel like when i stand up i get like yasqueened by people they're like oh my gosh wow like that is so beautiful that you're standing up and it's like no i don't want white people (laughs) i don't want white people to praise me um and i'm just glad that i'm acknowledging that i want to make them upset that i called out 
that interse- intersectionality sucks ass. Um, uh, my favorite thing that I can call, recall uh, from this is um, I had matched with this white man on a dating app and he was like, what? Yeah, like I'm trying to learn how to get rid of my toxic masculinity and I'm learning about intersectionality and I was like all right like good job like that's wonderful um you are kind of late but lots to catch up to and um, I'm just glad you're on the boat (laughs) and then he proceeds to be like um can you take your precious time to teach me and I was like well and I, I explained I was like this is what intersectionality is but also Google is free. Just please look up how to not be racist, how to not be an asshole, and you will find pretty good results. And then he was like, "Well, um uh it can be it can go down a rabbit hole pretty quickly. Like people um yes, can use Google, but the, it can lead them to like some very nasty shit, some right-wing shit." And I'm like, then you're the problem like when i google shit i get the correct information just worded differently don't be don't be a dumbass um i don't know i am really trying to wrap my head around like how you would get to that point of being like how do i be less racist and the first thing that pops up is like how to hate crime your black neighbor i guess (laughs) Um, it's just, ah, it was so infuriating to realize that, like, well, I just Google books, man, like, especially just look up Black Lives Matter or, um, all child, all children matter. Uh, and then you'll find some pretty good information. Like I've read some pretty good books just by Googling those words and books. So I don't know maybe maybe your google search engine is out to get you um yeah you're not the problem but i will let you know this like i definitely have been that person where i was like well you speak so passionately about what you stand for and i asked for help i was like well can you give me more resources can you help me can you guide me and it is not the job of someone who is standing up and speaking to teach you it is not their job to take their precious time to do so and i learned that from (laughs) me being that person like messaging of like being hey can you help me and then i was like oh i get the message (laughs) i didn't get a response because that was a dumb message to send and then i turned around and i googled books um to read and i read them and then i know better and (laughs) I don't know, like, I'm just trying to be less of an asshole to myself and to other people. And all it takes is just, like, in this day and age, wow, like, I'm just amazed at the resources and the effort that people are putting out. I have been reading some beautiful things. Um, I say that like I spend my entire day reading, but I haven't picked up a book in probably like two months. (laughs) Maybe this will hopefully guilt trip me into picking up a book as soon as I'm done recording. Not really, though. I also strongly believe that I have worked hard for the common sense I have. 
and for the people skills I have like I I work with people every day and I work currently in mental health um I moved uh, away from uh, working with the houseless um, population because um well I can talk about that uh, in a later episode or later on in this episode but I I still struggle with people skills and communicating my needs um and this is what the whole thing is about me speaking on this but I am making the effort so like good job if you are and if you're not well I do want to know what you strive for and what you aim for so I can understand better and see what that is to go back to being an asshole this is definitely for me to judge you on not making that effort to get off your ass and be a better person and be um a better community member because I definitely want to have so much more I feel like I'm attracting the wrong crowd right now I'm surrounded by people who are threading through nice D's and patting each other on the back and being like wow you're doing so good no you're doing so good wow we're like so lovely look at all the work we're doing but I want to be in the uncomfortable shit I want to be around the strong people who call me out the powerful people who make genuine change and who who judge me for not making enough or not doing enough I want to get rid of my bullshit and stop being user-friendly. I am so tired of that. And I just want that to be reflected on the the work I do. And I do want to go back to the, the people that I'm currently <laughs> surrounded by, um, where it's just when I bring something up, it's usually the end of the conversation because it's like, well, you killed the mood. Um, everything was fun. Everything was nice. We were talking about this. We made a rape joke. It, it's supposed to be a joke. Babes, why are you upset? Why are you killing the mood? And then I'm like, well, for obvious reasons, like if you want to be funny, be funny, say a joke. I mean, I love comedy, I love jokes, but this isn't funny, this is detrimental to, first of all, yes, I'm making it about myself, it's detrimental to my well-being, and it's detrimental to the people in this room who aren't speaking up, and who are just also trying to be user-friendly, and it tires me out to have these superficial, shallow conversations where it's a lot of nonsense <laughs> to me um i feel like it's small talk it's a uh, the current events the weather but i want to engage in conversations that are beneficial to me and i'm so grateful to be in the field i am in because i usually am surrounded constantly by like-minded people who are willing to discuss a personal issue for example and say how can I be better how can I make this better for myself make this better for the other person how can I assess but I want that in my day-to-day life and I know I'm I have these uh, tendencies to shut myself off and shut myself out but 
I want to admit, I want to evoke uncomfortability. I do want to go back to the um, field I am in currently, uh, career-wise. And whenever someone asks, like, oh, hey, like, are you doing something you're passionate about? Like, do you feel like you're doing a good job? You're doing um, something interesting. I always feel like, no, I am literally a joke. This field should not exist. This, these are the skills I have paid to learn through schooling and the skills I have been taught through work should be things that you're taught as a fucking toddler. Emotional control, sharing space, um, communicating. These are things that I truly wish didn't exist as a, a career path. I, I want to spend my time doing something interesting, such as uh, building things and um, actively creating um, and spending my entire day thinking. But for that to happen, I need to assure that I'm using the resources I've learned for people to be able to have that space to do that. It's it's pathetic, honestly, of being like, well, I'm here, I'm able to mediate, I'm able to have you talk about your emotions, I'm able to call out what the problem is um, in a social aspect, in a structural aspect. Um, yet, the mere fact that I'm needed as a professional, the mere fact that social work, for example, is so needed is really sad because it's like well we should all just be interconnected and offering these skills to one another as people um and that goes along with me desiring to decolonize my practice because i do feel like i could spend my day doing a lot more useful things i'm not saying i don't love what i do i actually kind of despise it because of this uh, mere fact but I mean it's kind of nice sometimes to um, allow someone to feel for the first time what they should be feeling and especially for myself I feel like I I have been learning a lot of the space I can take the space I am entitled to and that is what makes people uncomfortable and me slowly building that little bubble is not the way I want to go on. Um, but again, circling back to the field, it's just the skills for community outreach, community building, uh, meaningfulness in within a community. So those are things that should already be ingrained in a society. And coming from a community rehabilitation aspect, they are things that need to be woven into our day-to-day practice. So I no longer have to exist. So the skills that I have are the skills that everyone has. So we can do better, we can do more. And I feel like that's why I get upset when someone isn't focusing on self-growth or betterment of the community or meaningfulness of community and members but because it's like well 
why do you get to do that? Yeah, I, I guess I do feel a bit of jealousy in regards to that. Um, I just feel like I need to address the bigger problem first for me to enjoy the community I live in because I don't enjoy it so I want to make it better so I can belong in it and I can live in it and other people can live in it and other people can be and exist without having to constantly face red tape um like as a professional speaking uh, strictly career-wise um I'm so tired of bringing up issues and realizing like wow you literally don't give a fuck because it gets lost as soon as sure you can bring up these issues um but as soon as I verbalize them and someone is like yeah yeah that's a good idea and they get verbalized they get lost um on their way up the ladder and it's basically a circle jerk um in things such as um the administrative side of organizations such as uh, shelters and um fields and places that work for the people uh it's 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 pathetic it's it's gross it's disgusting where it's just a superficial support a superficial um help that is like hey if you are one layer away uh, from being perfect in the intersectionality aspect we will help you we will kiss you we will lull you to sleep but as soon as you present multiple layers multiple facets then it becomes um, difficult then they say hey we don't have funding for you this program doesn't exist you need to fix this before you can fix that um, the service actually doesn't offer that and doesn't accommodate your needs I see this also in services such as um, um, counseling where it's like hey we do uh, short term versus long term we do a follow-up in-house only so you need an address you need an id you need a birth certificate you need this you need that and then it creates this vicious vicious cycle where people are just helpless hopeless and it goes from hospitals to private organizations that are non-profit um it's just it's terrifying if i'm honest and i want to speak up more on it because this is the reality because if you're living a good life and I've come across those people who are like I had a wonderful life before this before this one thing made me lose it all and they are stuck they become stuck in chronic homelessness chronic addiction chronic anything and there's nothing there available to support them and to bring them out um, and I do see why it's used as a fear factor and a fear aspect for a capitalistic community and um, running things smoothly through a capitalist lens because these people, once they get stuck, they are not able to do anything. They're literally forced to play a waiting game to say, you have to wait until 3 p.m. because at 3 p.m., this is when this paperwork will be available. 
And then you grab that paper and in three days at seven in the morning, you have to meet this professional. And if you're not there, well, they're not going to be there again for another month. So it's just this, this game that if the community, the society forces you to play to try and catch up. And of course, once uh, there's intersectionality and aspect, if you are, if you have children, if you have um, obligations, if you have, if you struggle uh, from substance use, you will not be able to meet those very specific windows and the jump through those very specific hoops. And then they have people like social workers being like, well, we'll help you navigate that system. But then you have to meet them through, meet them where they are at. And it's very much like a practice of like, well, we meet the people where they are at. Yet we are taught as professionals that, hey, one of the first things we are taught is you give... 30, 40% of the effort, the person receiving the support needs to give 70, 60% of the effort. And it's like, well, what if they're literally physically, um, emotionally not able to give that, <laughs> that effort? Because our perspective of effort is absolutely completely different from their effort. Because they may be giving a hundred percent for five seconds, but we perceive it as 10% for an entire day. And it's like, wow, th- this, you clearly don't want to help yourself. You clearly don't want to support yourself. And this helps and supports the, the vicious cycle that is created for these people. And again, even for entering specific resources, the ones that are funded for very, um, specific cases are even more red tape even more jumping through hoops like you have to make between this and this you have to live alone you have to not have this you have to have that and it's just thing after thing after thing um i also realized now living in tiotiake the resources are so scrambled around um the city I was in before everything was kind of interconnected like if uh, the resource didn't have um, something available we would immediately know where to direct someone to which is yes it's a problem within itself because it creates like a ping pong effect of bouncing a person around (laughs) which just creates an even bigger waiting time but there was interconnectedness (laughs) There was everyone running together. There were community partners. But in Teotihuacan, it feels like there's just too many things. And if you qualify for one, you can't access the other. And instead of working as community partners for community outreach, it's all separate. And it's kind of like you're on your own. You figure it out. It works for some people. But for the great majority, it doesn't work. And I say this because it feels like everyone who falls in is like, oh, they they fell through the cracks of the safety net. But the fucking holes in that safety net are huge. And it feels like someone's ramming a knife into that safety net to make sure those holes are bigger.
um, on that note, I will um, <laughs> say that, yeah, I am very upset when it comes to um, bringing up these things and acknowledging them because we acknowledge them and then we say, okay, this is what we want to do. And they're like, okay, well, we're going to discuss if we can have funding for it. And it's like, well, okay, well, you know what? I'm tired of waiting for you to have a circle jerk between all your little friends. I'm going to take action. And then they're like, okay, well, you're clearly so passionate about this field. Um, you can do it as your hobby. <laughs> you can do it as um, you're just just you're just such a nice individual. Um, so that's why in this field the pay is incredibly low and yeah I'm jumping from subject to subject and I feel like I'm going to go through some more episodes going more in depth into this these issues um these lived experiences uh their lived experiences for me but in the field it's it's not um you don't go in it for the money you go in it because you're passionate about it and they know that they know that you're willing to give in more effort, more work than you are being compensated for. And that's why there's so much more burnout. And there's burnout for many, many reasons in this field, but it's something that it needs to be globally, holistically addressed. And I feel like people are like, oh, wow, here you go again, saying globally, holistically, um, intersectionality. But yes, we keep saying it because that's what it needs to be fucking done. That's the work that needs to be put in. And, and again, that is why I am using this podcast to verbalize that and <laughs> gather my thoughts so I can know what the fuck I can do, what I need to think about, what I need to address, how to channel my thoughts and my perceptions so I can do my job better. Because I truly feel, yes, I hate the fact that I need to do this um, and that I <laughs> uh, this is an available field of work, but at least I get to do it and I get to teach myself and teach others. And I want to to find the right tools. I want to find the right way to do it. And I want to take action now. And this podcast allows me to do that, to really focus on what I need and what I believe in because I spend a lot of time just threading through the bullshit and not having time to process it and being like, wait a minute, this is bullshit. I am literally swimming in shit. Um, so I just want us to come together if this calls out to you or if you're like, actually, this is bullshit. Please let me know. I would love to be called out on my bullshit. Um, I just want to state that this uh, podcast has been recorded by me, Alejandra, and will definitely, yes, be edited also by me. And I just hope you have a wonderful day and thank you so much for listening.